0: Good evening everyone and welcome to this you're listening to Radio Maria and this is our Credo program where we ask somebody to come and talk about any topic in particular and today we have a lovely surprise this is Bernadette Lang calling all the way from Salzburg in Austria and she is going to be talking to us about the life of a consecrated virgin in
1: today's world. Welcome Bernadette. Good evening. How are you doing? Really good. I just had a meeting with a lot of consecrated virgins from different parts of the world. <laughs> so it was um, quite interesting. So and uh, yeah, I feel very welcomed here.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. So if you'd like to introduce yourself a little bit to those who those who've never met you or heard you before, heard of you before.
1: Yes, yeah, so my name is Bernadette Lang. I'm from Austria, Salzburg and I'm 31 years old. So I became a consecrated virgin um, last August, so it's just a um, few months. But I, live, um, I lived a promise or vow for 10 years already and I live in a big house with 40 young people It's a mission base and we do discipleship training programs, So, which means we do some kind of like uh, learning to follow Jesus in our everyday life. And every year, 25 young people would come for nine months to do like this deep uh, program of following, learn to follow Christ in in their lives. Yeah.
0: That sounds wonderful.
1: (laughs) It is. It is an adventure. Definitely. Yeah.
0: How old are they generally, these young people?
1: Um, so they're between 18 and 30 years old, so okay. most of them are between eight, 18 and 25. So quite, quite young, but very energetic. So we have three prayer rooms in the house and every time you hear some someone singing somewhere. <laughs> so it's, it's really great, um, yeah, great to live in this huge house. And we really have heart like for the evangelization of the Catholic. Church and yeah, really to bring the heartbeat of of God back into the the church and and make it alive. So and we we see that a lot of young people would come and uh, learn how to live a deep intimate relationship with Jesus.
0: That's wonderful. Sounds really good. We all need that, really, though, don't we? <laughs> okay. So would you like to? Um, you're talking about being a consecrated virgin in yes. today's world.
1: Yeah. So. I want to give maybe a short overview how it came, because uh, if I talk with people about consecrated virginity, a lot of people, they have never heard about this, even if they're Catholic. So I don't know if this is the same in in Great Britain as well, like in Austria. Um, so I haven't heard a long time. I haven't heard about consecrated virginity. Um, I was raised Catholic. I went into the parish. It was one, I think, This hour, being in church on Sunday, was for me the most boring hour in the whole week, I have to admit, Uh, until I was 14, so I didn't really uh, realise what's going on. When I was 14, I was invited to Medjugorje to the Youth Festival and I went there with a bus of young people, there were like 90 young people, praying the rosary, and I was very confused because I thought the rosary is only for old people. Um, and when we came there, so I, I was in this place. There was Holy Mass um, and worship going on, and I remember that I realized two things. First, this time I was fourteen. I really had uh, some troubles, like really believing that God is, um, that God exists. And when I was there at Holy Mass um and the priest he was um, raising the eucharist i realized okay first god exists and the second things he loves me really unconditionally so this was really um mind-breaking for me and then the next thing i remember then so when i came back i started i started like uh going on this adventure with god so i have to say i started to pray in the evening reading the bible and um, one year after that, I went back to this youth festival again. And then I made an interesting experience. I was kneeling in the sand in front of the Eucharist. And suddenly I heard this voice and this voice was say, saying to me, so do you want to belong to me? It was a question. And I, I immediately knew that this was God but at the same time i couldn't say yes at this moment because i said god maybe you're very boring so i can't say yes I, I, I don't know if it's good if i belong to you and so i went back into the parish with and my sister she's very close uh, in age and we started a youth group and started like to pray the rosary do some worship and and yeah play some games and after some time we also started to do some adoration in the in the parish and then we got to know uh, uh, community which is called Loreto. So we got them to know in Austria and they do big festivals and also small prayer groups and there was Pentecost festival with one thousand, one thousand uh, young people and it was really overwhelming to see oh wow there's so many young people um, even in Austria because we believed you were the only ones and um, during all these times so when I got to know God in a better way through also through the prayer groups, through the meetings and uh, this community, I always got drawn deeper into the presence of God. And the more I prayed and also my personal prayer times, I remember I got this feeling again. So I remember this question, do you want to belong to me? And they couldn't say yes at the beginning. But um, after a certain time, I really became the desire to say yes to God. And, of course, there were also some young men at this point of time. So they were also asking me, so, oh, could you imagine to go into a relationship and and what I was feeling? So I couldn't really say yes to those young men as well. So um, I felt I, if I'm very very honest, I want to belong to God and I want to belong to Him in a very exclusive way. And yes, when I was 21, I started started studying theology, when I was 21, I I knew quite well that I want to say yes to this question. So I went to the priest and to my spiritual father and said, OK, I want to um, live for one year, a special promise and make a promise to God that I belong to him in an exclusive way. And he says, "Yes, you can do this." And of course, we had a community gathering every year. And then I did this first vow. Um, yeah, I carried the rings. I have a ring, and as a sign that I belong to Jesus. And then I went to Australia to do a discipleship training school. So I didn't. I didn't really expect that this really changed my um, my relationship to God in a deeper way but this one year which i really gave to god my life i never regretted it it was such a good time and i i haven't regretted even one day of doing this promise and after one year i was invited to a youth conference to talk about this uh, promise and then after that a consecrated virgin came to me and she says oh have you ever, have you ever heard about consecration and it's like oh no i've never about heard about this but she was telling me some things and the more she told me the more my heart really opened and i was okay this is what i want so this this is for me and i've never really felt a call to um, monastery but really felt to this um, calling as a consecrated virgin and yeah so this was the the story how it all began and how god really wrote the story of um, becoming his bride because this is this calling into my heart
0: wow that's beautiful that is beautiful how god just speaks
1: so that's yeah amazing. yeah um and Of course, so maybe, I don't know if we can have some um, music now and after that, I will explain a bit more because there might be some listeners who have never heard about this. So I will explain a bit more what it really means um, and what is this calling about?
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. We're going to play O Come O Come Emmanuel" by Justin Rizzo. And thank you for this choice. Very, very seasonal.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorite songs. I love Advent because it's also a time of desire. And I think so. This is also part of my feeling of life and also part of this calling, like this desire for Jesus, the bridegroom, to come.
0: Wonderful. Here we go.
2: and division.
0: thank you for that choice um that's just beautiful lovely very melodic thank you so much so for those who are just joining um this is credo and we're speaking to bernadette lang all the way from Salzburg in austria um talking about consecrated virgin virginity
1: yes it seems like maybe an very old word and some people might not understand it. I also face this when I try to explain people what I want really to live. Um, but this um, consecrated virginity, this calling is a very old one. So, of course, we find it in, in the Bible, we see Mother Mary as a virgin. We see that Jesus, he's not married. And this also should make us think about this concept um why he's not married and if we yeah see marriage is of course it's it represents the image of god like the god who is father son and holy spirit and there is deep intimacy between those and in marriage we also should live this intimacy together with god um but It also is written in the Bible that in heaven, there is no marriage. So we are not married in heaven. Um, Still, we have like very deep intimacy with, with God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so this lifestyle of celibacy points to the lifestyle, we, we will live in heaven, all of us, still, we will be very united with the people we love, so we will live an intimacy which, which we can't experience on this, in this world, but um, we will experience in heaven, in this deep, wild union with God of love. Okay, what is the consecration of virgins? Um, we see it very early in the apostolic life. So very early when apostles, there were also always women with them. And they supported Jesus with their gifts and also with, with some finances. And later we see them um, that they would receive some kind of prayer, like some kind of consecration. And actually the, the prayer we have right now in the rites of the consecration of vir- virgins is from the fourth century so there is a very early testimony it means that there was already some kind of institutional life um, even before this prayer got um yeah official so and this is for the from, from the fourth century so we have the consecrations of virgin from very very early stage also interesting because they were walking in um in a veil, so they were carrying their veil, which now every bride usually carries, but it, it came from the consecrated virgin. Um, and a lot of consecrated virgins, they also go in a white wedding dress, which symbolizes that she is the bride. She, she symbolizes the bride of Christ, which is also the church. So it's um, she's representing the church as a bride. And of course, every one of us is also the Bride of Christ, there yeah, we are all part of the church, we are all part um, of the Bride, which is the church and um, in the rites it's also very interesting because the consecrated virgin they w- would lay down flat on the ground, like the consecration of, of priests is the same, so which lay down flat, which is a sign that totally surrender to God and um, yeah become the bride of Jesus. And they would also receive a ring. Yeah, it's a bit similar like a wedding and um, the veil. And um, why, don't we, uh, why don't we have the picture of the consecrated Virgin in our mind? This is the, the reason is because it went a bit into the mon- monastery, so we lost a bit track of it. Um, a lot of the consecrations were only then done after the 5th century in the monasteries and this date until the Second Vatican Council. And then the Second Vatican Council um, said, oh, we we just discovered that this calling is for the world. The consecrated Virgin, she is called to live in in the world and be a sign that uh, Jesus is our bridegroom and that Jesus will come back. A lot of Christians, and I think especially as Catholics, we sometimes really forget this, that Jesus will come back one day and that he is preparing the church as a bride. And this is the calling of the consecrated virgin. She lives in the world and she reminds the people around her, she reminds the church, hey, we are waiting for the bride." bridegroom and um, this is also the reason why i just said before i love this song "O come O come Emmanuel" because the whole advent is a time of desire so we desire that jesus would come and in the first part of advent we we remember that jesus will come back as, uh, yeah for the second coming and the second part of advent we Uh, remember and remind ourselves of the first coming of Jesus as man and this is the reason why I really love this time because of this longing of this desire because I would say okay the soundtrack of my life is is longing as well so it's it's really this deep profound desire Um, so after the second Vatican Council uh, Pope John Paul II, he really promoted them, was this um, calling to the world. And more and more uh, women started to, to follow this calling and also receive it from the church. And the consecrated virgin, she is um, close to the bishop. So the bishop, he is responsible for the consecrated virgins, but she is not consecrated for a service. She's just consecrated for being, God's bride in a special way. Um, so she it doesn't come a minute, there's no ministry coming with her calling, which is interesting because if we have a priest, there's always a ministry. So the priest, he is the connection between the people and God. And through his service, he will bring uh, the sacraments, he will bring God's presence to the people of God. And that's a difference. Um, the consecrated virgin, she is she is um, sanctified and it's because of her being she represents and reminds the people of god of their calling as well as the bride of christ yeah okay but uh, of course it if we see if we look at, take a look into the history it's might be a bit understandable still we find a lot of people for them it's quite hard to understand and i also experienced this so it was not always easy to uh, explain people what does it mean to be a consecrated uh, virgin in our world and also people would ask me so how could you live this is it possible to live it because yeah it means you will never um, sleep with another man and you will not have family you will not have kids and a lot of people were asking all these questions so how is it possible for you to live this lifestyle uh yeah, your whole life and i have to say so i did vows for 10 years um, which means yeah i i kind of like tried this lifestyle already uh, for 10 years and what what was the 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 reason i always felt such a freedom so every time i did the vow so much more freedom was coming into my life and I felt, okay, that's really what, what I want. And of course, I had a I also proved it quite well. Yeah, of course there were some young men coming as as well. And I was really honestly asking this question, okay, is it family? Because I believed um, both callings are on the same level. So it's not that we would say um, living this I said, but their lifestyle is higher, yeah, or lower. Than living marriage. Both both um, callings, we should live a holy lifestyle and we should learn how to live the lifestyle of Jesus in a better way to give ourselves to God and to, to other people. And in marriage, we give each other to, like, yeah, the, the partner. But uh, when we live celibate, then we give our lives also to Christ and to the church and to the people around us. So we are a bit more available for other people but still that's not the reason why we do this so the first reason is the love which christ has shown us and this is always an answer so the actor is always like the first who, who does things um it's always god so he he starts to ask us and then we respond and uh, that's one way of responding to this invitation and at the beginning i said i couldn't really say yes to this calling but now i have to say i can't say no because i feel really drawn to the presence of god and and to this invitation and i feel very also privileged so and I still have to grow deeper into this so it's not always easy to understand because i i think it's a mystery it's it's like god opened a door for me and i walk through this door and i feel this Beauty and freedom and uh the grace of God, and still, I have to discover this path in a deeper way. So what does it mean today to live as a as a consecrated virgin in our world, and how could I sanctify my life every day um, and and grow deeper into the intimacy with god and if people would ask me so what's the message of your life i would I would say. The message is you can live deepest intimacy with God and with other people. And what we see, we live in a um, sexualized world. So there is a lot of um, yeah bad things how we understand sexuality, yeah, pornography, and everything. So it's um, it's blooming everywhere. And at the same time, we have lost the sense for true intimacy and i think this is also one message i want to give with my life so we can live so much more uh, deep in relationship with god and with other people um, as well and um yeah a lot of people say how could you live in our world without having sex and without um Yeah, having a partner, but uh, of course, I have to live intimacy in a healthy way. And it doesn't mean if I become a consecrated virgin, I can't have intimacy or. Yeah, it's not possible because we are made for intimacy, but I have to uh, see that and I have to uh, yeah learn how to live intimacy in a spiritual way. I could live intimacy in an emotional way. I could live it in a mental intimacy. Um, but of course, I don't live sexual intimacy. And for me, that's a very good um, distinction, yeah, because we are called to live this kind of spiritual intimacy with God. And honestly, I went to church for many, many years, but I haven't heard a lot of priests talking about this topic how could i live this in a very daily basis so and for me i started like reading the bible and then reflecting on this so what does it mean so i try to really engage with the word of god and i've i've had suddenly like the presence of god is coming if i allow these words coming alive and then sometimes i would go into like this inner garden like into the presence of god so i would um imagine that there is a garden very deep inside my heart or my soul and then close my eyes and then invite jesus okay jesus let's meet in the garden and and i know that he will always come when i ask him and then so i could go into this deep conversation with god and this is the way so i try to live intimacy and i know i need the source if i don't live by this source, it's very hard to live it on the outside, or I will start to search intimacy on the outside, and usually then it's not uh, the healthy way. Yeah, so these were some some words about uh, this calling, yeah? consecrated um, virginity. And now I think it's time for another uh, piece of music. It's
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, So the next song we have is His Glory Appears by Hillsong. Why did you choose this one?
1: Yeah, so I chose this song because um, I listen to it very often on my discipleship training school, and there was a prayer mountain. So I used to go on this prayer mountain, and then listen to this song. And yeah, it really reminds me of this um, deep prayer times with God.
0: Beautiful. Okay. In and you have any questions or anything, please do feel free to call in. The number is 01 223 375 564. Well, thank you. That was lovely. Beautiful song. Excellent choice. Thank you, Bernadette. And for those just yeah. joining us now, um, this is Credo on Radio Maria England. And we're listening, we're speaking to Bernadette Lang from Salzburg Austria, Austria um, about the life of a consecrated virgin.
1: Yes, so I was just um, telling a bit about the story of my life and sharing how it came that I decided to answer to this calling God has given me. And he's always the, the pioneer, like the one who is in action. And um, yeah, so I, the more I got to know God, the deeper I got to know him, the more I had this really strong desire, my heart to give my life a whole holy to Jesus in a very exclusive way. And people were also asking me, so why don't you go into a monastery? Because usually if people really want to um, yeah, live with God, they would go into a monastery. And honestly, I have to say, for me, it was never really an option because I always felt, for me, it's a bit too, I don't know, too, too much close, because I have a very evangelistic heart. So I really love to invite people, get to know a lot of people. Um, also travel. I was asked to share testimonies and, and sometimes give talks on certain topics. It's also part of my work because I, I work in this discipleship training school where we train the next generation in the church. Um, for yeah, to follow Christ in a deeper way. It was part of my job, and I really liked it to get to know new people and um, yeah, so experience a lot of new things. So for me, it was really hard to, if I uh, imagined I would be in a monastery and have a very strict <laughs> um, prayer program and program of the day. And so it was never really an option. So, it, but when I got to know about this lifestyle of living in the world but still being a testimony to the world that um, there is so much fulfillment and i think this is really what uh, i believe is this lifestyle about or the celebrity lifestyle there is fulfillment even if we don't have an intimate sexual um, relationship with Someone else, but God, He is the source of all our happiness, and He's the maker and creator of our desires, the author of our desires. He is also the fulfiller of our desires. And that's uh what, what the celebrated lifestyle is about, and also the life of a consecrated virgin. She speaks of of this deep intimacy. I think that's really the message she gives to the to the world. And um Yeah, people would also ask me, so what's the vision for you as a consecrated virgin? And um, I have a lot, like a lot of things I really want to do and uh, a big heart, a big heart for for people in general. Um, Yeah, but at the end, so I would say, I think this is really the heartbeat to live this life in a very deep um, connection with God. And out of this connection, everything else will flow. So people ask, what, what's, what's your vision for your life? I would say, okay, I want to help to train one generation for, of young people to follow Christ in a passionate way. And then out of this, out of this deep connection, they would transform the church. And I believe the time for the church, they, it will come. And we see even now that young people, they become interested in, in following Christ. Also in an exclusive way, so I had my consecration the 15th of August in the Cathedral of Salzburg. Um, I had some preparation, like uh, for yeah, for three years, with the the bishop, and I invited a lot of people because my heart is very evangelistic. So I invited like. 700 or 800 people it was a full cathedral and we had yeah great uh, ceremony with worship and after that also invited people uh, in the bishop's garden and there was some kind of uh, food and everything so a lot of people got to know about this and finally i have to say the the Archdiocese, they published it as as well, it was official. So, yeah, there is the celebration and then all the newspapers came. (laughs) It was very interesting because they were saying, oh, so can we make an interview with you? And at this time I had uh, COVID, I wasn't bad, I had COVID like 10 days before the ceremony. Uh, Yeah, but um, the newspapers, they were interviewing me and then suddenly I was in all the, yeah, Front pages of the main newspapers, like world newspaper, worldly newspapers, and uh, the secular ones. And everyone (laughs) knew about uh, what's what's, uh, this calling about and what's the celebrity lifestyle of a consecrated virgin. So they were asking all these questions. And I also made a video, like a short testimony in German. And yeah, I did like 40,000 clicks at a very, very quick time. And then I got thousands of messages and emails and yeah, wide range. So people, some were really, really touched, like, um, yeah, were writing me. Uh, I was so touched for like days and I feel the presence of God. So people are watching it on YouTube. And then I got also letters where people wrote, oh, you made it too official. Why do you do this? And um, yeah, so they didn't really understand why I, I made, um, why I invited so many people, why I had the dress of a bride, and <laughs> they couldn't really understand it. Um, and what I, felt, I found it quite, quite interesting, like two reactions to this, um, it was, yeah, very interesting that they, a lot of people, they were affected by it. So even if they don't go to church, yeah. Um, Still they were quite interested, so what's going on? Okay, why does she does this? (laughs) Um, And quite emotional reactions, yeah. There were also people that said, oh, I will leave the church because she did this. I thought, oh, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Someone is like surrendering life to Jesus uh, in this way. And other people would say, oh, that's too, I don't know confronting, I can't stand it, so I, I will leave the church. Um, yeah, and, and this was an interesting thing to see. Yeah, that people were somehow touched and fascinated and for some they were really was irritating at the same moment. And I thought about this and I I think the reason why this is the case is because it touches something very deep inside of us. And if we see a bride, we always ask, where's the bridegroom? And, and it touches some, something inside of us uh, because I believe we are made for a wedding. And if we read the Bible, at the very end, there is a wedding feast, the wedding of the Lamb. And I think that's the reason. So we know we are made for it. We are destined for it. It's our deep destiny and it's a very deep desire to become one at the end with the God who created us, the God of love, the God of intimacy. And um, yeah, and I think it reminds us at the same time, yeah, it stirred up like this really deep stuff. And a lot of people who live in the world have never thought about about it in its depth, so
0: yeah. You're challenging people, even though you weren't going out specifically yeah. to challenge people, they felt challenged.
1: Yeah. It's a, right. challenge. that, it's a good challenge. That's what I thought as well, so it's a good challenge. Because, uh, yeah, at the end we all have to, have to think, okay, how could we live a life for God? And as a mother, as a father, or in a celebrity lifestyle, or even in single life. We have to find our own path at the end. So, um, yeah, and it's very hard if we um, think, okay, could I live this or that? Or how could I live this? If we always compare ourselves to a calling, which is not a calling, that's always hard. (laughs) And that's probably not the right way. Um, Yeah. And also thinking about how could we how could I, as a woman, um, live this this calling? It was also one question because what I see in the German-speaking part, a lot of people and especially women, they women they uh, think about how could I become a priest? Or yeah, so it's, yeah, we want to do the same like the men, <laughs> and we want to have the same rights. We have to want the same we have the same dignity. We want to do the same. And so I was also, yeah, considering this and thinking about this. And what I found out that there is a different calling of men and women, and there is a difference. If we read the Bible, we see okay, God created men in His image as men and women. He created them. Uh, we see that there is a difference in in their identity. And I would say, I would say, in their dignity, there is no difference in the dignity. We have the same dignity, but. Uh, still a difference in the calling and uh, what I experienced is that the man like especially the priest he represents Christ and he represents the bridegroom and uh, the woman she represents the church Mother Mary she would also represent the church and she represents um, yeah the bride it's very hard like for a woman to represent the bridegroom (laughs) and the other way around and I think that's the reason why We have to stick to this calling and the the deeper we grow into our own identity as men and women, the more we represent the image of God and um, see, yeah, we we need each other. So we both represent as men and women God in the best way, Uh, not only if we try as women to become better men. So that's what we see in the world. A lot of uh, women in business, they want to be the better men and become very hard. Yeah. So um, and then I, I met one of those managers and, and she says, OK, I always had to fight. Uh, but uh, when I realized I can be a woman and still be in leadership um, and try to become softer, so everything changed and I could be soft and still in position and uh, in, in responsibility and leadership in, in business. And I think that's the same in church. So we have to become more uh, women and men um, as we are made in God's image to represent the body of Christ in the best way.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, really good thoughts there. Thank you. Shall we take another music break at this point? Yeah,
1: this would be great. Yes.
0: Um, so you've chosen Light of the World by Lauren Daigle. Why did you choose this one?
1: Yeah, so I think it's kind of like a Christmas song because uh, we are the light. And in this time when it's dark, then we remember we... I love to light candles, by the way. So I, li- I love candles everywhere. And uh, if we hear the song Light of the World, uh, we would remember that we are uh, the carriers of the light of Christ in troubled times.
0: Amen to that. If anybody would like to call in, um, ask any questions, um, any comments you have, the number is zero one two two three three seven five five six four. If you're calling from outside of the UK, the number is 0044 1223 375 five six four we'd love to hear from you in the meantime this is lauren daigle and light Is Radio Maria and we are in Credo speaking to Bernadette Lang. Thank you for the music. Um about the life of a consecrated virgin. And we actually have we have a caller. This is Elizabeth calling from Cambridge. Hello, Elizabeth.
3: Hi, Bernadette. Hello. Hello. Great Hi. to hear you. Hi, I'm I'm Elizabeth of, of Radio Maria, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh staying up so late in Austria and speaking to our listeners this (laughs) evening also that just bringing us back to those those you know those biblical basics and uh that that calling to to be in the world and to to belong to Christ yet to evangelize so that really spoke Mm. to my heart thank you so much um I also just wanted to pick up on something you'd said you said um 17 years ago you went to and. we actually have a, a Radio Maria pilgrimage to Medjugorje. I think it's for next September. And, of course, everyone, you know, lots of the Radio Maria people, we're, we're big fans of Medjugorje. But, you know, maybe other people who aren't so familiar with Medjugorje and it's not as, as popular in England as it is in Austria, uh, maybe you could just share from your own experience, say a few encouraging words, why someone might want to go there, what you experienced there. Because, you know, maybe they think at Radio Maria we're, we're a bit biased <laughs> so, if you could
1: possibly... Uh, just, I'm also biased. <laughs> yeah, just, just, thank well, you so much for what, your encouragement. What, what is, so, what it's yeah, like. I, really, I can really encourage... Um, so, the first time I, when I went to Magical, I was 14. And, I mean, basically, it's, it was a small village now. It's a small town in the hills of Bosnia. <laughs> so, usually, you don't go there. But uh, what I saw was... I brought a lot of people there because I started to organize also buses from Austria with young people every year, 50, 60, 70, 80, 80 young people. Uh, a lot of them that didn't really know God in a good way, but um, all of them, they came back and they said, there is something very special about Magikor because if you go there, then you feel like you're coming home. And this was a very interesting thing. So every time you go there... And you have never been there, but still you feel like coming home. And why is this the case? Because there's a presence of God in such a strong way. And another experience which people always share is that they say we feel such a lightness and an easiness. It's so easy to pray, to pray for a long time. It's so uplifting, like the soul feels so light. And we feel always the presence of God, pre- presence of, of Mary in such a Amazing way, so um yeah I, I think so everyone should go at least once in their life um, to this place where heaven really touches earth
3: i I completely agree with you that for me this is the strongest the how easy it is to pray there is just incredible, like like the veil between heaven and earth has become right thin, yeah. so right. thank you, thank you for that, and thank you once again for uh for spending your evening with us uh, on radio Maria. thank you very yeah,
1: thank you I love you. It's- Thanks.
0: Thank you, Elizabeth. That was beautiful. Um, so we're nearly at the end of our time, actually. So I was wondering, Bernadette, would you like to finish with a prayer?
1: Yes, I would love to. name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank you so much for everyone who's listening right now. Thank you that we are united in your heart. And thank you that we we live in such special times that you have called us to live in this time and to spread the light, to spread your kingdom. I thank you especially for the, the gift of celibacy and of consecrated virgins. Thank you that you called them to be a light In the darkness as well um, a testimony that you are alive that you uh, bring the heartbeat to the church back in our times and that you would guide us and lead us by the torch of your holy spirit jesus we thank you so much amen
0: amen thank you so much benedict it's been really really lovely and wonderful to talk about something that hardly anybody ever talks about. Right. To so learn <laughs> more about it is always a beautiful thing. And I echo yeah, what thank Elizabeth you for said.
1: In- invitation.
0: It's <laughs> okay. I echo, echo what Elizabeth said. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. We've loved having you. And thank you. If you want to come back sometime, please do.
1: <laughs> <We love it. laughs> Who knows? Okay. <laughs> we will see. Thank okay. you so much. Bye. Okay. God bless.
2: You. bless.